There you go. Let's let's get hype with Joe Macro Golf, man. Is it recording? Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait, wait. Yeah, let's make sure it's recording. What's going on, guys? Yo, what's going on, man? What's going on? How are we doing, all right? Yeah, man. It's just, uh, it asked me if I was all right being recorded. I clicked yes, so you should be good. Yeah, awesome, man. Yo, Thanks for having me on, guys. You all, man? We've got some fans on right now. It's hot. <laughs> How's it? It's hot, it's hot, man. What can you do? Yeah, do oh, man. Yeah, Thanks for inviting me on, guys. Looking forward to this. It's going to be good fun. Yeah, man, it's gonna be fun, mate. It's gonna be fun, man. Yeah, man. This this is the first time I'm um, I'm speaking to him properly, but like, we've had some runners on Instagram basically. I slid into his DMs. I can't lie. <laughs> I guess you could say that. I guess you could say. Um, but basically, I think um he was gonna schedule for my brother Drained it. We were just talking about it earlier. Um, Drained it on Instagram underscore it, because uh, he's long. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you couldn't get the Drained it title. Um. But yeah, I guess um to start off with, just like introduce yourself to the audience, bro, because I'm sure they don't know you, and probably a lot of our audience don't really know about golf that much. So if you can make it basic, make it basic, man. Yeah, I know. Happy to happy to uh, happy to be here, and happy to uh, hopefully spread the word a little bit about what I do. So uh, my name is Joe. Basically, created my company, which is Macro Golf Online. Um, to make it as simple as possible, I pretty much help golfers be able to play their best golf by improving their physical attributes. So uh, basically work with pro golfers, amateur golfers, and pretty much helping them hit the ball further, play without pain, reduce injury, and uh, basically play their best golf. So um, yeah, started my, started my own business doing that. And uh, yeah, do, do it as my full-time job now. And I pretty much just travel around playing golf, meeting with golfers and uh yeah, people are saying I'm pretty lucky, man. But it's uh, it's not it's not all uh, it's not as easy as people think. So, no, it's obviously, good. there's um there's a huge back end to what you do, especially being like an online creator. Um, and I'm sure you go through the same bouts with like burnout and so on. And to even get in your position right now, you've probably had to sacrifice a lot um in the beginning. Um, For sure. So it's definitely not easy. But at the same time, you're living the dream, bro. Yeah, it must be exciting, isn't it? You're going to different places, meeting different people. So this is this is it, man. So me, me and my partner have actually got plans now. We've been planning it last few weeks. So we're going to be moving uh, in the next week or so. Uh, kind of be based somewhere for three months, and then we're going to be traveling around different bits of Europe, different around. And we both work all online, so that's one of the big things. When I started this company, now I said I'm, I don't want to do anything in person. Everything's going to be be done online. Uh, exactly for that reason. I just want to travel around, meet people, go and play and have no ties anyway. So that was my biggest driver for, for starting this business the way I'd done it. And yeah, it, it, at times I'm always, almost turning down business at times because people want person to person, but yeah. online is the way forward, guys. I'm sure you guys will chat to a lot of people that will say the same thing. If you can do everything you do online, you're good, man. That's the way. Yeah, exactly. yeah you can just be more agile with it, isn't it? Like, you have more freedom to do whatever you want. And low-key, like, that's one of the motivations to starting this podcast and trying to make it big is the fact that, you know, we can just go to Bali one time because we have friends over there and we could just, like, have a little uh, conversation in a hut. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly, man. And those are, like, the visions that, like, I kind of see uh, in the future. Do you have those similar kind of visions uh, to the ex Exactly that. Like, there's so many places I want to see, so many things I want to do. And I 
pretty much now I've focused this business around being one, as I said, being able to be wherever I want, whenever I want is, is a big aspect of that. Uh, but two, just freeing up my time. Like the amount of times that I've just had jobs where I'm just exchanging my time for money. I just want to get away from that now and just have everything kind of ticking over and, and free up my time. Cause although you want to go and travel and you want to, you want to work, it's also nice to have your, your free time and be able to almost, disengage from that at times as well so trying to uh, try to do as much as i can at the moment to build some passive income but the the uh, the traveling side is definitely definitely a huge huge uh kind of it was a massive massive pull for me to do what i've done so uh yeah i fully 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 agree with you there yeah man and it's like you know we're in one country right now with a like a set structure and there's loads of self-help books including like third circle theory or like even these spiritual guides, they even say like, if you're not exposed to more than one area, city or way of life, then your mind's going to be stuck in that box, you know? And you just can't get out of that box if you don't travel, you know? Fully, fully agree. And I think you, you learn so much also by going and working with different people as well, working with people yeah. in different environments, different cultures. You learn different ways of doing things. You learn... Um, you, you just learn so much about what what you can do to help yourself and it helps your business in the end as well. So I think being able to travel and meet other people is is huge for that, but also for, as you said, your self-development is, is massive, massive. Yeah, that's dope. And I guess you're, you're probably wondering how we got into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting like, field to get into. Like, I mean, uh, compared to Mazali, like, obviously I'm not as experienced in golf. I don't have a full, full, full understanding as much as he does, but yeah. Yes. How did you start um, playing golf to begin with, and then we'll get onto the, the business side of things as well. Yeah, so I, I played a little bit when I was younger, not a lot. Football was mostly my main sport, um, so I played a little bit of golf when I was younger, but not a lot. Um, then when I was went to university, I played a little bit. But it was only probably probably six years ago that I started playing playing properly and really getting into it. And golf's one of those sports your brother told you as well. Once you once you're into it, you're just addicted. Like once you, once you start, it's one of the most addictive sports to get into. Uh, so I was just fully hooked, but my background was always, um, was always fitness. It was always coaching. Um, uh, I, at university, I was, I'd done a sport and exercise science, stayed on done a masters, then was lecturing at the university, teaching people to become personal trainers. So I was always involved in, in fitness and coaching people as well. Um, but off the back of that went and, uh, then for quite a few years, and what was my full-time job for a long time was uh, managing leisure centres. That's what I've done for for ages. Where's it managing gyms and leisure centres? I've done that in Westminster, in London, different areas. And that was the job that, in the end, exactly what we spoke about there, you can kind of get stuck into something and yeah. you will stay like, especially when you're in a career and you've got opportunities and you're earning decent money. And I was looking, I was thinking, it's almost like the harder I work, I'm only going to progress up a, up the ladder and do different things. And it's almost, sometimes you look at it and think, if I really believe in what I can do and believe that I can make, make things for myself, then you're almost basically just working, working, working for someone else, right? You're always going to be, you're, the harder you work, you're putting money in someone else's pocket always, no matter how much commission or bonus you think you're going to get. It's always, always just putting money in someone else's pocket. And I looked at it and I thought, I don't want to be doing that. I know that I'm, I believe in myself that I can make something work. I didn't want to be doing, uh, as I said before, exchanging my time for money, doing long hours, draining things out. And it just clicked in my mind. I said, well, I've got all this experience working, working with pro athletes or working with, I've worked with a lot of bodybuilders at the time. 
and working with people. And I said, and I've also now got the business side of things for my job. I love golf. Let's just put all three together again and go for it. So kind of started to do it. Lockdown happened, which for me was a, an absolute godsend because obviously all the leisure centers closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, I was, I was privileged and I still managed to work, which was, which was lucky for me. But I pretty much had that opportunity, which I'm sure a lot of people you'll, you'll speak to as well. That was my opportunity to say, right, now's the time to go. Let's start this properly and let's, let's push it. So I pretty much had a year to build it um, to the point that I needed to get it to, to then leave my full-time job and do this full-time. So it was, it was a tough experience, obviously, and it's always hard trying to build something from nothing. But I honestly believe that that's what I wanted to do. And I just put my mind to it and done it. Obviously, lockdown was great for that. I wouldn't, it was really privileged to have that that time but by the boys man like um in that lockdown period especially when some people were on furlough um yeah a lot of our guests actually share similar sentiments to you in the sense that like okay cool they are just gonna look at what they love to do what they're good at and combine uh two or three elements together and that's kind of what you've done like exactly um, it's funny because a lot of people in lockdown kind of got more exposure to like mental health and taking care of yourself and all of this stuff and i feel like everyone's sort of following that ikigai framework have you are you familiar with the ikigai framework no so it's it's essentially what you've done (laughs) pretty much right so you've taken what you love um what you're skilled at and what you can bring to the world and what you can get paid for okay yeah 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 i know this yeah 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 exactly that Exactly. And, they, and they, I think with that, they generally say you're lucky if you've got two out of three, right? If you get two out of three, you're lucky. Uh, to get three out of three is uh, hitting the jackpot in, in, in a lot of people's opinions. So, yeah, I'd agree. And I think, I think what you said there was interesting about lockdown as well, because I know a lot of people and a lot of my friends as well started trying to do something during lockdown. They were trying to start their own businesses or trying to do something. But as things start to get a little bit back to normal, when people started going back to their jobs, they just let it go, right? And it's almost as if they just, I mean, I was privileged that I managed to progress quickly enough that I was in a position to then leave my full-time job and do it. But I think sometimes you need to leave that full-time job to have that fear element to then make it work. And I do believe that a lot of people have got so much potential to do it. They just need that fear and they just need the fear to, to actually make that happen and just truly believe that they can do it. But when you've got the fear and you've got to, you've got to work hard to pay the bills and you've got to do late nights to make it work, yeah. And, no, it's, it's crazy because like how old are you joe by the way just 28 i'm 28 yeah, so like you basically um echoed our thoughts uh essentially throughout the whole podcast it's like you know getting out of the nine to five kind of framework um you know having residual income uh, doing something for yourself by yourself and you don't have to you know always work for someone and i guess you're the type of person who is turbulent enough to take those risks because if you don't take those risks you're always going to work for someone who does you know yeah and um yeah uh that's really insightful man i know i don't know if it'll help anyone that's listening to this that's thinking of making the same decision i pretty much gave myself i worked out what i needed to live like what the, what my bare minimum was to live yeah and and I made sure that I had two months. So I basically gave myself a two-month buffer of that of that money, just managed to kind of save that over the year. I said two months of bare minimum, uh, and that's the buffer I gave myself. And that that worked for me. That was, that was enough buffer for me. Whether, for other people, it might have worked that way. But I think that's always key to understand 
we live at a certain level, but we can we can live at another level that is less than that. So always work out what your absolute minimum is that you could survive on. And for me, I gave myself two months. I said two month buffer. I've got to make it work in two months. That that was that, that was the way I've done it. And uh, yeah, I mean hard work. It just you get your head down and you get it get it done right. You know what? We're we're probably going to take this advice for ourselves. Um, but yeah, like I'm kind of currently in a nine to five role, right? Um, and hopefully when I get enough uh, months in, basically I do my time. Right, I, I'm talking like it's a jail. Like savings or whatever, mm. uh, we'll probably just put a lot into this once we see that the numbers have reached a certain point. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I think that's a great like landing board to go off. You know. Yeah, and I think like this this fear element is such a big part of it because it's very easy when you've got sustainable income coming in and like even if you've checked out of that job that you're doing that nine to five, whatever, and you, your mind's not in it, it's still taking up your capacity. It's still taking up your brain. It's taking up your time. It's taking up your thought. It's taking up your stress. So I always think that until you make that break and until you break those ties, you will never be fully, fully, fully into that project you're trying to get to. And I know it's, the finances will always be a key part of that, but there's, there's so much there's so much potential for everyone when they really, really put their mind to getting something done. When you think like, if I don't get this done, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. Suddenly you're going to wake up early. You're going to stay up late and you're going to make that work. Right. Exactly. Like there's power in rational anxiety. You know what I mean? Like uh, fear is the biggest motivator because it's, it's the one that takes you out of your element so much. And I feel like, I feel like, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's the biggest motivator. And at the same time, it, it can be the biggest, like, um, you might be at the same time, like, 100%, yeah, yeah. where 100%. I'm of it, as you said, like, oh, um, yeah, if I've got two months to do this, that fear's building up, like, if I don't uh, get it done, then, mm. you know, this will happen, so that, that'll make, that'll push you forward more, and then, yeah. Yeah, and then there's the other side of, like, the other side of fear, where it's like, oh, oh, I'm scared to leave my job, because, oh, yeah, what if this, what if this happens, what if this happens? Mm. 100%, 100%, and... effect from there, isn't it? And I, I can sit here now and I can say, oh, it's easy, it's this or whatever. Like the time I was making that decision, I remember having the same conversation with my partner, with my, with my family. And I was saying, look, okay, you go through the rational thing. Like the worst case scenario, I'm going to be stacking shelves at Tesco, right? But still maybe I can do that like two or three days a week and still do this or whatever. Like you always go for those rational thoughts. And like, this, this is it. And, and, like even the night after I left or the day after I left, whatever you you're laying in bed and you're worried and you struggle to sleep and you think what's going on, but you get past that and you make things happen. And I think the key with all these things is you, like, now I get like a bit of anxiety at certain times when things are building up and I know I've got to get stuff done, whatever. And I, what I normally say to myself is when I get this feeling like today, I had this feeling I've got a lot going on at the moment. I normally say to myself, when I get this feeling, it means, something is going to happen. Something's changing because if I'm feeling relaxed and I don't, and I'm not bothered, then in my eyes, I'm doing something wrong because that means I'm not progressing and I'm not moving forward. I'm, I'm relaxed. I'm chilled. That's, that's not where I want to be. I want to progress forward. I want to always be growing and I want to be changing and I want to be always getting better. So I think that, that, that anxiety, when you can use it and f use it as fuel to do what you want to do and, and make your passion happen. Uh, it's, it's really powerful, man. It's really, really, really powerful feels. Yeah, man. So, like, 
it, it's cool because your journey is very like you know point a to point b to point c like it kind of makes sense mm. you know like you you started on you know the pt kind of side you were always into the training game and then go for something that was embedded in you from young so you always kind of had that skill and that muscle memory from the get-go and then you you probably reverted back to it in uni because uni go yeah a different game bro like it's it's the most <laughs> golf, i think yeah man because like a lot of people just drink before their games you know what i mean <laughs> so, um, it's it's a very different uh game and you kind of get so much exposure to like a huge network uh, i wonder what was the sort of trigger point to get you into what you're doing now I was on a I went on a trip to Portugal with my dad uh, on a golf trip um, and it was that point on that trip three or four days I said right I want to make I want to be having a having a profession in golf that was that was what I wanted to do so that was kind of my point of really then starting to, to do it and I probably didn't do anything for about six or eight months after that didn't probably do anything uh, and then after that, started an Instagram page. I started to post a little bit about my own golfing journey um, and then started to filter that from my own golfing journey into doing a little bit of fitness stuff within golf and then started to feed that through, try to build that. Um, but I honestly, I say this uh, to anyone that I speak to about this. I pretty much created my business from Instagram, everything I, I have from Instagram. And still now, I would probably say, I don't know, maybe like 75 to 80% of my business comes from Instagram. It's, it's insane. It really, like the power of, of building a community on a platform like that is, is crazy. Honestly, yeah, is I guess you just like, um, a lot of people, when they start an Instagram page, they see, you know, how saturated it is. They see how much, um, like companies put on ads, for example. So like yep. my company right now, we put like hundreds of pounds in each post, you know, just to get that exposure, you know, more boost. And, you know, you kind of see that and you're like, you know, how can I make it big on Instagram? And you, you post for like a month or so and then you stop. Yeah. Like a, a lot of people yeah. just stop, especially like yeah. um, in my outer circle. Like that. Yep. Um, but when you've started from there and you just keep plucking, plucking away, you know, instead of seeing a mountain, you see like a, you know, like a little slope, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's just something that you have to come over. And I think like what you see. Like you, yeah. you seem like you zoom out a lot so that you can have a fuller perspective yeah i think i think the key the key with the key with instagram in my eyes is if you if you're always trying to get follows and trying to get likes you're never going to be satisfied because you're never going to have as many followers and as many likes as other people it's just never going to happen right but if you can if you can build a community that's when it's that's when it's powerful And and the community doesn't need to be a lot of people right like i don't have a massive following on instagram but i've got probably well, I've got, not, as I said, like 70% of my business from there. And it's more about, I think, building a community within that platform of, so I think you can kind of separate followers to then your community. So I might have like, I think maybe like nearly 7,000 followers, let's say, but then I probably have a community of about 1,000 people. No, I get you, yeah. And I think that's a bit like, that's, that's the difference. And that community, you could have 50,000 followers and still have a community of 1,000. And I think that's where you start to, if you think about things when people are buying followers and they're trying to push content and they think it's just going to go viral or whatever. Okay, fine. But it's really the, it's really the community that's going to make you have something from that platform. Everything else is just 
a like or a follow. It doesn't really do anything for your business, right? Yeah. Um, that's the way I've tried to see it. And, and I think, well, I, I think you're right. When I first started my page, I was focused a lot on likes and follows and that was your measure of success. But like, I think that's just like a game, you know, when you see Instagram and you're like, okay, cool. This kid's getting a thousand likes and I'm getting like two. Yeah. It, it like demotivates you. And that's why Instagram have like played around with not showing likes where you can, you have the option to not show your likes now. Yeah. Um, and you're prioritizing building and maintaining these relationships. That's the key, man. That's the key to Instagram. Like, you know, you don't, you're not going to make any money if you just start pushing stuff out um, without thinking about it or without making sure that your audience are engaged enough or you're doing something right. And if you're doing something wrong, you seek out for that guidance from your audience. Agreed. And I think you're in the right way. Yeah, yeah I, I fully agree. And, and like, say, for example, for me, I could like let's say let's take the ads for example and i've played around with ads a little bit and i don't really get much success from them mostly because the, in the work that i do i need to build a lot of trust people to, to pay the money that someone's going to pay me they need to trust me as a person right it's quite it's more well, like a personal brand that i need to develop and that can't be just thrown in front of someone as an ad it doesn't it doesn't work in that way where quite often in, in the normal instagram that i that i do i'll have people maybe follow me maybe not even like or comment on a post for four or five months and then they message me and say oh hi can you help me with this i've been following your page for whatever long really like the stuff you do and i'm like i didn't, even, didn't know this person followed me i didn't even know they were liking my i didn't see a like didn't see a comment whatever but they've been following me and now they've trusted me after five or six months and i think that's something that people need to realize that even if what you're doing you don't feel like it's making a difference at the time there are people that are watching your stuff and it's making a difference to them, right? Um, and when, when people start pages, I think that's the key. Like say, for example, that example there, if someone's getting two, two likes, well, those two likes might actually really like that post that you're doing. They might've learned something and got value from it. That's actually more important than 1,000 people double tapping and scrolling through. Um, you know what I mean? Like, that's my view on it. If, if you're an illustrator and those two people trust you that much, you know, they're probably going to pay you a commission. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If, if like I started my marketing freelance finally, uh, you know, eventually uh, <laughs> I can get clients from my Instagram just based on the trust factor and how invested they are in my journey. Yeah. And turn they're invested in what my potential is. Do you know what I mean? Agreed. Like how they're invested in Joe's potential as a PT slash like I actually thought you were a, a coach at one point. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, an actual like uh, PJ coach. Yeah. No, it's, uh, your brand comes across. Yeah, um, and and that's nice because I want it to seem more like it's golf coaching than it is personal training. I it is more that way than it is uh, thing. So that's 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 a compliment to me because it it that that means that what I'm trying to put across is is the right way. So um, that's that's good feedback for me. Thanks for that. Yeah, and it, no, and I, I say that because it's very similar to uh, what I've like played around with in the last like couple of years. Like I was actually. Also, you know, started a, as a junior golfer, you know, mm -hmm. I got up to the level of like Hertfordshire County as a junior. Yep. Um, I wasn't like that great, but, you know, I was able to get like a free membership at Hadley Wood because of it. And yeah. I used to get coached at the Grove, which was nice, right? Nice. And through those experiences, I dabbled in teaching mm -hmm. people and it, it's, it's similar to what you do, but you have that mobility element to it which is like yeah. your superpower, which is why your brand is, you know, 
so much different to all of the other golf in, uh, influences out there. Yeah, no, I think for me, it's important to find that little niche uh, and it's important with everything people do. And I really, I really believe that you, you almost can't, you can't even niche down enough sometimes. Like, I feel like there's no, I feel like there's so much stuff being done and it's so easy to do things right now. And the same for you guys with podcasts, like it's a great example of, of what you're trying to do. And I almost feel like you can't, you can't, you, you almost can't be specific enough. Like there's so much out there now that but you will then find that real group of core people that care about what you do and it, it, i think that's more important like obviously by doing the way that i do things i lose a lot of business there's people that don't care about mobility they just want to hit the ball further or they just they don't care about that they just want to get stronger in the gym right and that's fine like i could help people with those things but if i try and cater for everyone i'll end up catering for no one so i've really tried to focus down on that um, and I think that is the future for me. Same, same as saying I only do stuff online. A lot of people don't want to do stuff online. They want to do stuff in person. I'm not the person. I'm not the guy. That's fine. But I will stick to what I do because um, I believe that, that there is enough people out there that want to do work with specifically what I can give them. No, that's awesome. So let, let's um, let's spell it down to what you like. actually are offering people right now. So I know you have an app and I know you do like... Um, you know, these calls to check in and you even, you know, uh, reach out to some of your followers and you play them on match play, um, you know. Yep. But what specifically, let's say if CJ wanted to start training with you, right, mm-hmm. and he's like an absolute beginner, what would you do specifically and how would you approach it? So That's a good question, man. Very good question. So to put a business spin on it, it would depend on what, on what way he'd come through to me. So I've got a few different funnels running at the moment. So it depend kind of what way he'd come through to make that contact. But generally, no matter which way someone comes, I will always try and push them towards some kind of um, call with me online. That's like the initial, initial spot is, is that. Um, it's different if they're going to go through to the app, like the app kind of just sits on its own as a separate and that's, kind of i don't really touch it it's just automated um so that would be a little bit different but in terms of working directly with me it would be initial initial call uh from there i would book someone onto a um a full evaluation so then that's a paid um full screening uh and also a little bit of linking the physical aspects to the technical aspects so that's where a little bit of the coaching side comes in um off the back of that it would then be onto monthly coaching uh and the monthly coaching can vary from uh, from around £60 a month to about £350 a month. so And it can vary between those two. So it it all depends on what it is thereafter, what they need, how much support they need, how much of my time they want, basically. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've played around a lot with the way that I do things. And there was times where I was offering, for example, one-off uh, programs, say if CJ come to me and said, like, I want to do this. Well, okay, that's fine. I'll write you this out. Here you go. Um, but from the more research I've done and more the kind of testing it myself, I just see that monthly subscriptions are the way forward, man. The world, the, the world is being taken over by monthly subscriptions and online monthly subscriptions is just like, there is so much money in that at the moment. Um, I've had a call recently with a new, uh, they don't want to say they're competitors to YouTube, but almost going down even paid subscription routes for video platforms. Um, going out there a little bit things like uh only fans right like it's crazy how much money these things make 
yeah. like it's just online monthly subscription for either content or coaching. There's just so much, so much money out there, man. Um, and that's what I say. I'd say to CJ if he was coming to me about his golf coaching, I'd say I'll help you set up a description uh, for your producing, man, or, your, or for people to listen to your songs or something. That's where you're gonna be like yeah, no, get the golf, man. Put your put your focus on that. Yeah. Even when we're doing this this podcast, we're probably gonna have a Patreon where we go uh, more into things because we say some wild shit yeah. sometimes. Uh, we can't lie. So um, definitely stay tuned for that, guys. Um, but yeah, multi solutions are the way forward. Like even as you said, OnlyFans, like that's the best place to market on right now. Even if you don't do like nudity or anything, I'm telling you, like either OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of money that people make on that is just mental, absolutely mental. And that that model is being re- re- like reproduced now into so many different platforms. Um, it's something I've done for mine. So for my app, it's just monthly subscription, and it's that generally it's cheap monthly subscriptions as well. Like mine's five pounds sixty a month, right? It's, yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, it's a pint of beer or a cup of coffee, right? Uh, but if you can get one thousand, two thousand people subscribing to that, that's some passive income right there for 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 not really a lot of work. Like it takes a lot of work to set it up, but once it's set up, the maintenance of things like that are not a lot. Um, and I think content creation is going that way as well. It's like, as you guys are saying with the podcast, for me, for the stuff that I do, for example, on Instagram or YouTube, whatever, like being able to have a paid subscription service now is, is seems to be the way things are, way things are moving. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting times, exciting times. And even um, on the other side, like in, a, in the freelance world, like we speak to a lot of freelancers on this podcast normally. Um, yeah. And even for them, they're charging monthly. You know, yeah. they don't they don't charge like okay, this is for my time anymore. They know yeah. that the monthly subscription model is positive on both sides. You know, and you're you're basically benefiting to having the right access to you, having enough hours to make sure that your mobility training is proving effective, mm-hmm. right? But on on the other side, they're getting a saving because if they actually bought all of those lessons one off, they wouldn't have been able to. You know, get it for that price. So Agreed. Both ways. Yeah, 100%. And what, what works both ways in the other way is the more work that they put in, the more value they get, right? Uh, and the way that I do it is they, they have to come to me to book their calls. Like, I don't I don't chase them. If they, as part of their subscription, they'll get a certain amount of calls for that. I don't chase them for those calls. If they if they want to book those calls, they book them, they, they book in with me, right? For the people that then disappear for two months, that's, that's up to them, right? But for me, I've got them subscribed and what I get from that, I get from that. And I think people then almost get more from that product because they know that they're paying monthly and okay. their results then are better. So in terms of what, how it works, it does work better for everyone. Yeah, exactly. For sure. um, one more question on social media. So at the moment I have this like little writing page and the writing community is beyond faith. You know what I mean? Like they're the ones who buy followers, et cetera, et cetera. For the most part, obviously there's great people over there. I've connected with a few of them. Um, and I'm coming out with a book soon in the next five years or so. Um, so that should be good. But um, I was going to ask in your Instagram journey, were you ever, like what was the fakest thing that was like said to you or interaction or have you had any hate that kind of stifled you for a bit? Uh, it's a good question um i've had to be honest i've not had much uh negativity 
put my way, which I'm very grateful for. Um, I've had a few a few run-ins with some other um, golf fitness coaches, so people that do similar things to what I do. Um, you know, like small things that you can kind of let go. I've had uh, kind of the worst thing I've had is people using my um, not my contact directly, but if I go out and post something, they'll basically take that do it themselves and post themselves if that makes sense so that's 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 the worst i've had and that's frustrating because like you guys will know it takes a lot of lot of effort to produce content and it creates a lot of effort to it's not just the 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 creation it's the thought process of the idea which is the hardest part of them right um so for some people like and it was frequently as well of just taking it redoing it and, and posting it back out that's probably the worst experience i've had um but I've, I've come across a lot of people that are just buying chunks of followers. And I just, I just don't get it. I just don't, I just, I can. Like, you see, for example, these Instagram girl traders, right? Yeah. Who basically, like, uh, one of them has followed a bunch of my friends this week. Right? And you can see, like, if you don't have any comments. Yeah. And you look that good, it's probably a fake account. You yeah. Know? People are stupid, man. I can tell you a story of exactly this. There's a guy that does something very similar to what I do. And I'll keep an eye on people, what people are doing. It's of interest to me, right? Uh, and the account popped out. I know where 2,500 followers. I saw it. I was like, oh, wow. I was half legit or whatever. We're tracking, tracking, tracking. And then it just disappeared. Like, well, not disappeared. The account was there, but just no posts, whatever. Yeah. Saw nothing. And then six months later, I saw it pop up again. Now he's got 5,200 followers. So what the hell, man? So basically gone like two and a half thousand, two and a half thousand, right? To jump to that much. I thought, okay, well, people do what they want to do. Then I started having people come and come to me and I was doing calls and they were saying that they'd started working with this guy. No way. And then it started, done some online stuff with them, messing around, wouldn't get back to him. They couldn't get hold of him, all these things. So the problem we've got is people, it then creates a bad name for people that start to do like what I'm trying to do, online coaching. People say, well, I've done an online coaching before and I got messed around and the guy never got back to me and whatever. And because you have not got a physical location, people lose that trust. So although these people are, we see them as, okay, it's not trustworthy. They lose the brand, whatever. There are people out there that don't see that and they will just see an account and say, oh, this must be legitimate. It must be good. Look at all these followers they've got and will buy products or services. And unfortunately, well, it not only hurts them, but it hurts, hurts me as well. So it's, um, it's a funny world. Very funny world. One key point, like people have to see through just that follower number. They have to look into it, you know, for, for an extra two minutes just to, you know, check it out and see if that person's even worth uh, doing anything with, you know. Because yeah. if you get involved with these sketchy people, you get scammed for money with the trading thing. And I thought that example was perfect. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it happens, man. It happens. It happens. Yeah. So I think CJ had uh, a question to ask. Yeah, yeah. About I mean, um, the NBA, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this is not this is not really like a question about like the the uh, company that it's just about golf in general. Because um, I heard this like um, some news story and some article. Because obviously, people, I mean, some people might think like golf is like a 
necessary, uh, not necessarily an exciting sport to watch and that. But like, there, there was recently a story which said that the PGA Tour uh, viewership uh, crushed the NBA uh, playoff viewership. Wow. Yeah, so it's quite, it's quite like a surprising story. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think, I think golf's on a surge, man. We had we had a really big surge in golf when when Tiger came around. So, like, I think around, I think it was around like 99, 2000, There was a really big, really big bump. Um, I think we've seen another really big bump in the last two or three years. I think it's been it's just blown up. Um, social media's helped that. Places like top golf has helped that. Like, top golf has been massive for that. Um, for people going out and playing, doing stuff. So the amount of people playing golf has increased, but the amount of people watching golf has also increased as well. Um, I think there's loads of things to it. I think the players now look more athletic, which helps. Um, the players wear more athletic clothes. A lot of the players are sponsored by better brands now, like Nike, and they're starting to get... It's more, it's more of like an appeal to become a golfer, where before it was just seen as an old man sport or racist sport or all of these other like bad things that it had in the game. And there's still are bad things in the game, but I think now it's moved forward a lot. Um, and it's been some big, big influences in that. Obviously I'd say Tiger, Tiger was with a big, big part of that as well. But I just think that, I don't know what's happened over the last two or three years. I think Bryson DeChambeau has had a big effect on it as well, but I just think in the last few years, there's been a boom and I mean, it's great for me. Um, and I think it's great for the sport. Um, and I just, yeah, I see it. I see it increasing as well. I think the sport's become so much more accessible for people to play. So many different variations of it, even to the point of like foot golf, right? Who would have thought foot golf with this random stuff? Um, but yeah, it's, it's seen a boom. But that's that's crazy. That it's bigger than the NBA. I didn't I didn't know that. That's that's that was probably the first year that's happened, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. First year, but I didn't even uh, think about that angle of top golf having a contribution to the amount of golfers that are coming on. And yeah, like it, it makes complete sense. Like I was gonna say, you know, people like Dustin Johnson, right? Preston yeah. Stanley. The Shambo, like you said, like they're, they're big guys, big muscular guys, you know. And um, in your mind, like from young, obviously, you associate, you know, that big character with like, okay, cool, like there's a, some appeal to that, you know, like I wouldn't mind being that, mm. especially as kids, you know, who are like easily influenced, etc., etc. Like they yeah. see, like, okay, cool, like golf might be, you know, a tough guy sport now, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and so I guess that spills over into it. Um, but yeah, I think it's because. There's a lot of younger golfers on the scene as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, Tiger Woods coming back had a huge effect on it um, after his, like, little scandal and stuff. Um, I think everyone's forgot about that now, and it's, it's really on the upside. Agreed. Agreed. And I think it's becoming more... Uh, social media's got big, big influence on that, but there's so much... You- cool stuff coming out with golf now like trick shots and uh as we said top, top, top golf and trying to hit the ball as far as you can like that interests people so um exactly yeah so uh yeah i'm all for it man let it continue get bigger and bigger it's good for me actually you know what we know um we know a guy called rory um i can actually get you in touch with him as well to be fair um that would be nice. really interesting to see um what you can do and help him out, but um, he's a long drive comp- uh, competition uh, champion. Mm. Uh, he used to train at the Shire with um, that other. Who's the other guy who? Um... So you got so Lee is the coach there. Lee Cox is the coach, yeah, isn't he? Uh, so Joe Joe Miller, Joe Miller. Joe Miller, yeah. So um, he worked with Joe Miller as well. So uh, it would be good to get him on the podcast. But did you know I actually was coached by Lee at one point in time? Ah, oh, nice. He's a really good coach. Really he's good like, coach. He's one of the best in like Barnet, basically. 
Yeah, it's very good. But yeah, no, it's um, it's interesting that you said about the the racist element to it. Um, I don't want to talk about this too much, clearly. Um, but no. when I was growing up in the, in yeah, the it depends where you go, man. It depends where you go. I bet, I bet in some places. Yeah. yeah. No, of course. I mean, it's it's always uh gonna exist to a certain extent, you know, like in in the outskirts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> in the outbacks, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but when I was in the Hertfordshire County. You know, um, yeah. there were probably 5% of people who were colored. Um, yeah. And you, you do feel kind of um, alienated a little bit to begin with when I was there. And then as we, we grew up, right? So as like three years passed, I was in the junior section. I felt nothing at the end. Like there was no racism, no nothing. And I think that's when the trigger points really started kicking in. Like the different variations of golf, you know. There's, there's new mechanics involved. And I think the companies that are endorsing all of these new athletes has a huge impact as well. Like, I think that's probably the biggest determining factor is the fact that, you know, Nike, Adidas, Puma, um, Calvin Klein now, uh, yeah. they've all sort of pitched into the golf market because they've seen the potential um, and they've seen, like, you know, the young interest. And as more and more kids who are like two or three are going to start picking up both clubs. We're just going to see that increase. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Like CJ's going to be on the course soon. Yeah, yeah. Gonna be on the course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have some audience questions. We, we got through quite a lot there, to be fair. Um, I wanted to ask you more on the business side because obviously, you know, we're, we're trying to start a little enterprise over here, a little media company. Yep. So how did you get your first client? And, I guess you can even talk me through like a, a, your relationship with him and so on. Yeah, so my first client, um, it came from, came from Instagram. And I remember now I charged them £70 for a training plan. Um, and to give you an idea, that's probably, yeah, that's probably like a fifth of what I would charge now. Yeah. Like a year and a half down the line. And... Yeah, it was someone who I'd followed on, was following him uh, on Instagram or following me. And we'd had a bit of conversation to and fro. And I then, yeah, because I was doing a little bit with a couple of people uh, for free, uh, just to kind of trial out what I was, what I was, uh, the way I was doing the programming and how I was designing things or whatever. So I was posting a little bit about it. And then I think he got in touch with me then just direct, directly messaging me from Instagram and said like, oh, I'll be interested in this. I remember doing a first consultation call. Really, really nervous, obviously. Managed to, I thought I'd made the sale. Then I got nervous because he wouldn't then respond to my message. And I was back and forth. And then finally, I remember taking that, like getting my email with the first income. I think I was, I was probably using Shopify or something at the time. And I saw that first email come through and it was like 70 pounds. I was like, yes. And I was like over the moon from that and i remember that week i then done another four of those in the space of like four days and i was like what the hell it was almost like once once that kind of barrier was broken suddenly i went bang 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 i was like wow actually suddenly i've made like where i'd made like 300 quid or whatever and i was like oh this is amazing man that's like 300 pound on top of my salary i was like i was over the moon yeah he must uh, and then it, the first week yeah it was like you well, no, because I've been trying for a while. Like, I've been yeah, yeah, yeah. probably pushing for, like, a few months and had nothing. Like, had, like, like zero consultation calls, 
uh, zero interest. I was just like, what am I even doing? Is this even worth it? Um, but I remember once I got that first one, and then I think I got like three after that back to back. And I was like, right, okay. feel like now people are slightly interested in what I'm doing. Um, and then I went through a really bit of a lull after that um, initial spot. And I was like, then went worried again. And then things just, I kind of tweaked the way I was doing things. I changed my prices a little bit, kind of stuck with my guns with my prices. And eventually things started to, to roll a little bit further. Um, but I remember my first my first decent sale, um, which was one where I thought, oh, okay, maybe this could actually be something I could do for a living, where I sold, a, I sold an 800 pound package uh, off like a 15 minute consultation call. And as I said, right, this I could do now for it. I believe now that I could actually make enough money doing this um to, to quit my job and do it so that was that was probably although it wasn't my first my first sale it was probably my my first turning point in thinking that what i was doing was actually um yeah, able to be sure made my full time yeah, that, that's a big moment right your normal income basically um exactly yeah and yeah that that must have just given you enough confidence you know like once you know the method has been that's the, yeah done some iterations here and there you know you finally break the seal and you know when you are drinking and you break the seal, you keep on going, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. just when you think you're done, it's five minutes later, there's another one. What's going on, man? Yeah, exactly that. Another one, another one, and uh, I guess uh, you kept pumping it out. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, what's the future of Macro Golf, man? What's happening next? What do we expect? Yeah, what should we expect? That's good question, man. So, my aim um, is to completely remove myself from um from doing the contact with amateurs at all not because i don't enjoy it um but my my aim is to probably bring someone in to do that coaching so i basically just pay someone to do do that side of things um it's not that easy because there's not many people that have got the qualifications to do it so i need to find someone who's got the qualifications to do it luckily everything's online so that makes it easier for me to find that person um, but my key now is to get all the processes in place so that someone can just come in and do that on my behalf. So that I'm trying to trying to set up hopefully in the next two years. Um, and then that allows me to spend my time more with the pros because generally with pros, you make a uh, commission back on their winnings. So you get paid percentage of, of, of their winnings when they win. So ideally I want to have macro golf kind of sat there looking after itself, bringing me enough income that that's that kind of on its side and I don't need to be too much involved with it. Um, and then I can be out traveling, playing with the pros and really starting to build those strong relationships and helping them as much as they can get get there. Because, um, yeah, that, that, that's probably the part that I enjoy the most is going and playing with the pros and, and spending time with them. Um, so that that's where I want to be spending my time. Standing as well, isn't it? Like, um, for example... My dad, he goes to see this osteopath, and his name is James Ellis, right? And he he works with pros on just as an osteopath, and he gets paid shitloads for it, you know. And he even got an invitation to go to the Masters. Yeah. And I assume that's kind of like a the similar kind of dream that you have, where you know one day you know you might be training someone who's in the PGA Tour. Yeah. You know. That's the dream. And at the moment, I'm I'm training people that are on feeder tours and playing on pro tours here in the, in, the, in the feeder tours. And you only need a couple of them to to break through and start stop progressing up the ranks, and and that and then you're in, right? And one, and you know with all of these things, once you're in, uh, it's, an, it's another game. It's, an, it's completely another game. 
once you're in, half your time is getting taken off. You're going on a golfing holiday every six months. You know what I mean? <laughs> bro, bro, your life gets taken over, you know? Like, yeah. Joe, I even uh, kind of took a break from golf myself, right? For a year and a half or so when I started working. Uh, this was like my yeah. first for job after uni, right? Like typical trajectory after uni, right? You just um, get corporate job and you kind of get stuck in. Yeah. Right? And then after a year or so, uh, I still had people who wanted to have little lessons. Like I give, um, you know, uncle, basically I call them uncle figures. So they're like a little bit older than me. They're in the community. Um, yeah. See that I'm a decent golfer. They're like, okay, cool. Let me um, get some lessons, right? And through that, I kind of just got stuck back in. And now I'm playing all the time, bro. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday now. Awesome. <laughs> Getting back to it. So we need to play. It's the, it's the bug. You get the, once you get the bug back, yeah. you're, you're there, man. Yeah, we'll definitely get a game in. Definitely get a game in, for sure. No, it'll be interesting to see and like, uh, to see what knowledge we can get. Um, we can obviously do a match play, see who wins. That'll be fun. Uh, sure we'll be be. We didn't even ask. Like, I'll play off seven. Okay, yeah. Play off seven. Uh, but to give you an idea of that, I think... Two years ago, I was playing off 18. So I've come down a lot over the last two years just by playing a lot. He's been um, himself. He's been playing <laughs> himself. And now... <laughs> there, you there you go. So if you want to get that... <laughs> <laughs> um, Guys, when, when we play, I'll, I'll show you how powerful this stuff is, man. I'll show you yeah, no, for sure. how... how I'll, we'll do some tests and we'll do some bits and I'll show you some bits. And you'll see, you'll see the level of detail you can go to to really get the best out of your game. Um, this stuff is this stuff works, man. Trust me. Yeah, man. Um, you've probably seen a lot of swings in your time. <laughs> yeah. Can you show me the weirdest swing you've seen, and like, I'm talking weird and wonderful, right? As in, you've seen the swing, and you're like, how did he hit the ball straight? Yeah. Uh, good question. So I. I'll tell you what, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this one. There's a guy that, um, like, I still coach him now, actually. Um, and he hadn't played golf for a long time, about seven years. Um, come to see me and say, like, I want to get back into it. My body's pretty much broken. What, what can I do, right? And he sent me a video of his swing. And I said, right, this guy's struggling. It's not, it looks like he's not picked up a club for, I don't know, he's not played for seven years. It looks like he's not ever played, right? Yeah. And uh, he went around and uh, he said, well, I'm going to get my handicap back. So he played three rounds, got his handicap back. His handicap was three. Was it, how? Yeah. Right? Like how? Like whatever. When he showed me his numbers, the guy has the weirdest thing you've ever seen in your life. It looks like like completely loses his posture, comes out, flips to the wrist, everything. Just delivers the middle of the club at the ball every time. Every time. Shoots. Shot, I think yeah, when he got his handicap as four, so he was probably shooting on average fives. Crazy man, they just and that for me was an eye opener to think, right? I need to think there's so many ways to play this game, exactly. and not always what our vision of what a perfect swing looks like is not always the best for people because he had to swing the club like that because he had no mobility at all, like he was just like dead, right? And we've worked on it and we've done a lot together, we've worked together for a long time now. And he's had some really good coaching as well, and his swing looks much better, and he's shooting even lower now. He's actually going to the uh playing an amateur competition in a couple of weeks. and he shot loads of shots off it, but it just makes you realise not always what you think is the perfect is always the perfect for that person, if that makes sense. So that was, that was a nice little uh, learning curve for me. 
zombie, don't just put flags, cover man. Like uh, Jim Furyk on tour, right? And I'll show you his swing later, but it's essentially like that. <laughs> yeah. It's literally like that. And I, I say that to say like, golf is a very weird and wonderful sport in the sense that you could have like 300 different swings that you're copying. Some people are copying Jim Furyk's swing. You know what I mean? And yeah. I guess it, it's what he's saying. Like when I was uh, growing up in the junior, you know, sort of county golf era, right? We were taught, okay, this is position one, position two, position three. It's only one way. It's a certain amount of degrees that you have to come along, yeah. right? It's the same plane. Um, but yeah, it's it's not like that, you know. If there's professionals out there, like Bubba Watson, for example, all of these people with unorthodox swings. Um, you could probably do it, uh, especially with some mobility training. And uh, I guess you've had to adapt your whole um, your whole ethos around that, right? Because there's a yeah, part I mean, you have to like kind of meddle in with the swing or like push him towards a coach, for example. Yeah, exactly that. And again, without trying to bore your listeners too much, what I try and yeah. get people to do is basically uh, I try and say to people, I want you to be a blank canvas. However, you want to swing the golf club swing it that way, but I don't need to have to swing the golf club in a certain way because you have certain restrictions, right? And when I say that to someone, they're like, ah, oh, okay, that makes sense now. Basically, we you'd have, you should be able to swing the club in whatever way you want to swing it. You shouldn't have to swing it in a certain way because you have certain restrictions. When you say that to people, hopefully that then they understand like why they're doing what they're doing. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting game. And I'll send you some stuff after that, you're, so it's not going to bore everyone. But like we were saying there with the different swings, although every swing looks completely different, they basically can measure the swings now and work out, uh, you can basically determine what is an efficient swing and not an efficient swing based on some, one metric. Uh, and I think that's the same with businesses, the same as that. Um, probably people that try and be social media influencers, there's the same thing. Everybody does things completely differently, but there'll be one or two things that's the key to whether that is successful or not. Um, it's exactly the same with the golf swing. Exactly the same. Just make sure you have USP and put the put the energy behind it. You know what I mean? Put yeah. the rocket ship behind the shit. Let it fly. You know? Um, you do a lot yeah. of collaborations on Instagram. He's a very active guy, so go follow him. Uh, if you want to give your Instagram and stuff, go for it, man. Yeah, yeah. So Instagram, I'm Joe underscore Macro Golf. Uh, also on YouTube, Joe Macro Golf. Uh, so there, that's where you'll be finding me the most, mostly on Instagram. As I said, most, mostly on Instagram. Yeah, and if uh, obviously if you're starting golf, if you're an uncle, uh, I don't discriminate. Don't uh, tell <laughs> me, get a couple of tweaks because you don't need to unwind or take the whole structure out of your swing. You just need a couple of tweaks so that you can enjoy the game more. And um. I think that's definitely what Joe takes into his stuff. So, check Mate, it's all about playing, playing the best golf you can play, pain-free, and to your best ability. That's what it's all about, man. We all want to play golf for years and years and years and years. Um, no one wants to be getting hurt and knocked down to play. Everyone wants to be playing till old age, and uh, that's what I hope people do. Yeah, exactly. Keep that hobby going. You know, that, that's one thing that will get you. You know, walking around happy when you're 80 years old. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, if we get there. Exactly. All right, Joe. Listen, take care. Uh, We'll obviously be in touch, bro. Um, Of course, man. Stuff. Ask you for the clips and stuff. But thank you for coming on. Uh, Anything else you want to say before we clock off? No, just stick with it, guys. You guys want to say big here? Um, 
stick with stick with your dreams and uh, stick with it. And trust me, man, the fear is gonna take you a long way. Find that fear and go with it. You need to get that fear. Rational anxiety is your fuel, motherfuckers. <laughs> I, uh, I'll, I'll, take care. Take care, guys. See you later, man. See you later. See you later, man. Take care.